Welcome back to Movie Babble Presents Babble with Brennan. I'm your host, Brennan Dubay. I got Nick on. How's it going, Nick? Howdy, Brennan. How are we doing? Not too bad. It's Oscars week, so that's uh, an, an awful thing or a great thing. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how we're feeling. How are you feeling? Um, I feel like I'm more bored than anything else, you know? I mean, uh, there's a lot of, weirdly, like the, like the field of even just looking at the Best Picture nominees, like I love a lot of the movies in there, and for like the last few years, that's not very common. But yeah, like just, I mean, we'll get into it as we go into all these categories, but it seems like there's just a, like a strong consensus building in a lot of the key categories where there's not, there's not like a lot of fun back and forth. It feels like everything is sort of a fait accompli at this point, but um, who knows? You never know. Yeah, I agree. I think that you're right. There are a lot of films on here that I'm I'm definitely digging, but I do feel just kind of bored with it at the same time. It's kind of a weird Weird kind of array, but um, we're going to run down this episode, uh, our, our predictions for who's going to take these Oscars and probably our picks as well for what we would choose personally. Um, just kind of a disclaimer, we haven't seen any of the shorts, I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen any, you haven't seen any, if I'm not mistaken. So we're not really going to go through those just because we, we don't want to be... Uh, we don't want to be kind of misinforming anyone on that. Um, but we're going to start it off with the uh, actress in a supporting role. Um, so the nominees for this one are Kathy Bates for uh, Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. How are you feeling about this category? Um, it seems like this is kind of the one, like the, one of the slam dunk ones. It feels like Laura Dern, this is her category. Uh, if, I was a betting man. I mean, I wouldn't, I probably, this wouldn't be a year to bet on a lot of things because it seems like you're not going to get a lot of good odds anywhere, but I think she's the one here. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the narrative and that's how it's been kind of progressing. And I don't know. I mean, it, I just find, find it to be so odd that she's just sweeping everything. I mean, she, she was great in the film. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I'm just kind of surprised. I think a lot of it is just narrative um, and kind of everything surrounding her and this, this award season. And it seems like that with a couple of the actors, especially uh, Brad Pitt. I think that, I mean, he's never won an acting award and you, you're kind of feeling this groundswell of support around him to kind of give him his first. I don't know. It just, it just seems like that with a lot of the acting picks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess with this one in particular, it, I, I could see if we're looking at like an upset, I could see Florence Pugh sneaking in there. I feel like there's like, I mean, Twitter is never like a, like a gauge for anything in my mind, but there's a, big pew hive out there uh and it seems like if anything she's running in second here or maybe scarjo is there as well um but i get that's my guess if there's any type of upset here i think it goes pew i agree i think that um she, she's definitely the one to look out for for the upset um it was funny because when she uh, when this film came out when little women came out she was great in it and i remember the buzz was kind of starting for her to get nominated i was like no way i think that she's way too new to the scene i mean she had two other really good films this year i thought fighting with my family was delightful she was good in that midsummer obviously is going to be um, a horror film that's probably going to garner a cult following much like hereditary and she was really good in that as well then she gets kind of this more prestige award season film in little women and she uh, kind of knocks it out of the park there but i i still didn't think that she was going to get in N- uh, nonetheless be kind of running second here but here we are and i think it's a pretty welcoming uh kind of newbie to uh, hollywood yeah for sure it feels like it's one of those like hey we see you type of like nominations like you'll mm-hmm. be you'll be around for a really long time kind of i feel like she's going to be in that mold where adam driver's in now where he gets gets nominated a lot but he probably won't he'll probably end up winning for something that he probably didn't deserve to win for or maybe it's kind of like one of those like okay it's your time type of things um i'm hoping not but um 
who knows? I think that's kind of what I'm leaning towards at the moment. But yeah, who knows? Like, I mean, she's probably my pick in this category in terms of like who I would want to win. I think out of those, out of the five nominees, she's my favorite. Um, but yeah, it's it's Dern in terms of what the Academy is going to pick. Um, but I yeah, I hope it's something a little more fun. <laughs> Even though I really love Laura Dern, but it's just it's it's kind of it seems like it's one of those where everyone picks her. So it kind of just seems like it's we're just kind of waiting on. Uh, that uh, nomination announcement or the the winner announcement to come our way. I agree. I think personally, my pick. I uh, I absolutely love Scarlett Johansson's performance in Jojo Rabbit. I think after watching that film, I I took away kind of the most that I took away from that film was her, her performance. I thought it was delightful in the small moments that she had, and she really left an impact on that film. Um, however, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't be upset with Laura Dern winning. I think she's great talented actress and someone that uh, has definitely been an icon for a long time. And I definitely agree with you there. That's going to be the Academy pick for sure. Um, now, segueing into documentary feature, um, kind of the big snub. It's kind of interesting because the front runner both years, these last few years has now missed out on a nomination. I'm referring to Apollo 11 this year. Um, kind of a weird occurrence. I guess I can understand why, because there are, there are some people that say that they didn't actually create i don't want to argue because i loved apollo 11 but i know there were some people that were saying that they didn't actually you know film anything new but it the film is a feat of editing in itself i know you love the film uh were you kind of gutted whenever uh the nominations came out yeah and i probably i guess i should have seen it coming because i feel like there's maybe not a narrative with the academy but the, the kind of documentary that they choose is like it's either like some kind of verite like fly in the wall type of thing, or it's like a very like issues heavy kind of documentary. Um, and Apollo 11 really isn't like either of those, as you mentioned, it's just a lot of um, archival footage that they found and preserved and all this crazy imaginative stuff with. Um, uh, they weirdly, for some reason, they don't really go that way with a lot of their nominations, uh, which is, which is really a bummer. Cause I, yeah, Apollo 11 was one of my favorite movies of the year. I made my top 10 list. Like I, I love that movie. I mean, I would certainly pick it over any any of the nominations here. But um, yeah, what can you do? I mean, I do, I do really love like I think Honeyland is pro- is my pick, and I think is also going to be going to be the Academy pick here. Um, mostly just because it's in foreign language film, and when you have that kind of crossover between categories, it seems like it shows that there's a lot of love for something uh, within the Academy. So I think that's why um, Honeyland's going to get the victory here. But I really love that movie as well, and. American Factory is also really interesting. Um, but so there, yeah, regardless of, I think Apollo 11 should be here. It's, there's definitely a lot to love here as well. Yeah, definitely. It's neat too. Cause Honeyland kind of uh, crossed over. It also got the, uh, uh, international film nomination as well. So that's kind of a very, uh, odd thing. I don't know how often a documentary feature has crossed over into another category. Um, but for me, I haven't actually seen any of these, sadly, um, a few I've, I've wanted to check out, but have missed out on. Um, so I'm not going to give my two cents there, but I, I would like to see Apollo 11, maybe even sneak into editing. That would have been cool. Yeah. I just, anything for Apollo 11, just like, please give it to it. Cause it deserves all, all it. Cause it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's more than a film and it's also just one of the most important, like, pre, like film preservation feats of, I don't know, less like. 50 years like it's really important in that sense too so yeah i love apollo 11 so if if you can't get anything else from this conversation just go watch that instead <laughs> definitely um so we'll move on to makeup and hairstyling here this one it seems like another runaway choice bombshell is one of the nominees here so it's bombshell joker Ju- judy maleficent mistress of evil for some reason and 1917 um a film that i would have wished 
landed here as the Irishman. I felt like what they did with that film wasn't just VFX. A lot of it was hair and makeup, and especially with the the final scenes there. Remember Joe Pesci sitting in the uh, in the jail with with all those prosthetics on? I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's, it's we're in that mode now where it's it feels like with like Suicide Squad a few years ago where we have Malefic- Maleficent now where it's uh, Academy Award nominee Maleficent two. It's odd. Uh, so it's yeah, it's a very just weird thing. And I mean, Judy, like I don't like maybe I'm too dumb to understand the nuances of the makeup and hairstyling, but it didn't really see much in there that was kind of really interesting and fascinating. Um, but um, yeah, so that's kind of a weird choice as well. Um, same with 1917. I don't really know, but um, yeah, it seems like Bombshell is the one here. Uh, it's kind of the ones everyone's picking. And uh, Charlize Theron is Megan Kelly still haunts my dreams because she looks so similar <laughs> to her. Um, like, yeah, I think that that's the easy pick here. It's and it seems like all the betting odds are leaning that way as well. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any upset there. And I actually have to I have to disagree a little bit. I did really think that uh, the prosthetics there on Renee Zellweger were, were pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're definitely right there. Bombshell was the best out of these five and will probably be the Academy pick for sure. Um, but yeah, 1970 is kind of an odd pick. I guess it's for all the uh, carnage and all seeing those like wounded soldiers in the last scene. I don't really know. Um, but uh I don't even know if that counts as makeup and hairstyle. I guess it does a little bit with the prosthetic, but um, that's kind of an odd one as well. But that, I guess we're, we might be seeing more of that in the years to come because this is the first year, I believe, that they've expanded the category from three nominees to five. So that's maybe one of the reasons we're seeing this. Yeah, and it's. I was just actually about to mention that. It is, it is a cool thing. that it, it was just such a weird oddity. Like, it was the only category with three nominees. So it didn't make sense. It is really, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just, it's really cool to see more people, more craftspeople get it get appreciated so i mean even though i'm kind of like poo-pooing maleficent too like there was there was a lot of good work that went into that i'm sure um i i didn't see the movie just because i didn't i didn't want to <laughs> but um yeah like the more the merrier i think that's like just a really nice like little thing and it was just kind of over overdue in that sense yeah no for sure um so we're going to move a little bit more into another kind of uh uh, one of the more aesthetically inclined picks, which is costume design. Uh, the Irishman was one of the nominees here. Interesting. Jojo Rabbit, uh, Joker, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think for the most part, we have some pretty solid nominees here. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I feel like like the like a good rule of thumb in this category is you always go kind of with like the most obvious choice, um, kind of where like. Like Phantom Thread won in costume design. It's just like it's just such a, like an obvious choice because it's like the movie is about the dresses and the dresses are like forward and things like that. So um, that's um, it's kind of like the running theme with this category. So in that sense, I think I'm going a little women just because um, the era and all the all the dresses and everything all their look really just beautiful and dashing and everyone is in frills all the time and it does feel like the the, the, the costumes are like a big part of that movie. And I'm, I know they are for the other ones as well, but it feels like that one is just the most obvious. So I think that's where I'm going to go. I agree. I think that's, that's definitely where they're going to go as well. However, I do see this category being one where we might kind of see an upset for a while. I figured this category might be one where it, it it's kind of shady. We don't really know who's going to win. Little women came out. I felt like that was definitely going to be the runaway pick. But now I was starting to backtrack. Last week, we had the uh, Costume Designers Guild Awards. Uh, they gave it to Jojo Rabbit, um, which which kind of made me think. And, and thinking back to the film, the, the costumes were pretty good. And I think most of the films in this category, the costumes are pretty solid. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even pretty um, 
uh, I wouldn't say iconic, but some really good aesthetically pleasing costumes there to kind of fit that era. But I think Little Women's definitely going to be their pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe a Jojo Rabbit upset or depending on how good Once Upon a Time does, potentially an upset there. Yeah, if uh, if you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood win here, because um, I think this is I think this award's given like pretty early on, um, yeah. I would I would suspect that it, that kind of pretends to just more victories for it in the other categories. Um, but I, but as a man who uh, dressed up as Cliff Booth for Halloween this year, I will say that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's uh, costume design is in fact iconic. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's in in the sense that the that the Academy like rewards, but um, I think. It's yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think Jojo Rabbit is probably running second in this race, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't like rule out a win there. And I think yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a third. Uh, I think that's that's probably the right sequencing. Yeah, I mean that that send me those photos. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I hope they never see the light of day. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's kind of neat. I mean, I I think it's a, a really good way to kind of see who's gonna take a ton of awards or maybe the big ones later in the night by, by looking at these early kind of more technical categories, kind of see who's picking up steam. Definitely always a good precursor. Um, so that, that'll be one to look out for the next uh, category is production design. The nominees here are the Irishman, Jojo rabbit, 1917, once upon a time in Hollywood and parasite parasite was such a welcome nominee nomination for this category. I didn't quite see that coming. I didn't know if they were going to go for it there, but that's one that I really appreciated when I uh, heard that. Yeah, me too. Um, it's just yeah, you just don't really expect a lot of love for foreign language films like kind of below the line or really anywhere in the in the Oscars. So it is kind of cool to see that a lot. But um, yeah, I think I think my choice here is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think that's the favorite overall. Um, yeah, it's just like he Quentin Tarantino remade like 1960s LA. It's like it's an incredible feat, and it's like at the forefront of that movie, and it's really impressive. Uh, so that's my that's mine. I think. 1917 is definitely running second in that race. I think it's between those two uh, with Parasite kind of at third, if I had to guess. I agree. I think I definitely agree with that that assumption there. And I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood winning here would be like easily the uh, most deserved win of the night. This is just a gorgeous film and the production design is absolutely mind-blowing. I remember watching this film back in the summer when it came out. That was my my favorite part of the movie actually. Just the entire uh the entire set design here. I mean, just incredible. I mean, there was thoughts of them early on shooting this thing with green screens and recreating it, but no, Quentin he he wants to build and they built and this is just a just a gorgeous film. Yeah, God bless Quentin Tarantino for being one of the last directors to have that kind of power because yeah, like 99.99% of directors like this is all green screen and it looks like kind of off the whole time. But no, like Quentin got like a hundred million dollars to like rebuild classic LA and it's so cool. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Like some people were like, I don't know, like Cliff Booth just kind of drives around in a car for the first like hour of this movie. And I was like, yes, it's so great. <laughs> like that's the point kind of. Um, right. So yeah, yeah. It's really like the, we like, we said like, Oh, like this movie is like, like New York as a character is like such a cliche at this point, but it's like, yeah, like six, 1969 LA is like legitimately like a big time character in this movie. Um, and I think that's, that's why it's probably the, the front runner here. And I think that's why it also deserves to win. It better win. I mean, yesterday we had the BAFTAs and 1917 took the win. It's disgraceful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's just like a British thing. Cause it, it is. wasn't, like the favorite one, like all the awards last year, because it was the big, it was the big British film. Like I just, yeah, yeah I, 
I mean, it's funny because with Joaquin's like uh, speech and all that, like I don't really trust the BAFTAs on anything, even though they make up like a big like voting body in the Oscars. Yeah, they're they're kind of off in their little like corner. However, they did uh, they did give Roma the best picture win last year, so that's a that's true. There you go. That's a big thing there. I mean, the favorite took home seven, but Roma took home the big one. But yes, I agree with you there. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood definitely deserves the production design win. So we'll segue to cinematography. This is a category that I think is wrapped up uh, definitely, but uh, it'll be great to highlight some of these other nominees because I think there are a lot of really strong picks here. The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are the nominees. How do you feel about this category? Um, yeah, I think it's this is one of the ones where, yeah, 1917 is going to win. Um, but I kind of love all of these nominees. I mean, for all of, like the hate I've and all the shade I've thrown at Joker, I think the movie looks incredible. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, like, yeah, Lauren Scherer did a really good job with that, with how this movie looks. And just the fact that The Lighthouse is nominated is just awesome. Like, I just I just love that. And I was just that was one of the more pleasant surprises like pleasant surprises I had when the nominees dropped. So that was really cool. I think, yeah, Deacons is just like on one in 1917. So like, even <laughs> though I don't really love that movie, like it's like, it's so obviously like well put together in that sense. Um, yeah. I, I really wouldn't be mad if any of these movies won. I think the Irishman is kind of like the most subtle cinematography of this group. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think for that reason, it probably won't win. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's kind of like the most cinematography. Um, doesn't mean it's bad, but it's just kind of like the more obvious pick. So yeah, I think 1917 is definitely my choice here, but really just, I love all these nominees. It's one of the few fields that I'm really happy about. Yeah, for sure. This is always a fun one to look at. And I think Joker definitely, uh, is a worthy nominee here. Um, I, I watched, uh, Lawrence Schur. He did a video, uh, for Variety recently talking about, cinematography and uh just just what went into the film and kind of what he uses on all those movies and it was really insightful uh definitely a cool 15 minute video just to kind of watch and he talked about changing all the uh, color tones within each scene to kind of fit the mood of the characters it was really great um but yeah 1917 is definitely winning here but the lighthouse getting a nomination was quite uh quite cool quite astounding and it's the sole a24 nomination this year so there's that yeah, it feels weird because when I went to Sundance last year, I saw there were so many A twenty four movies there, and it felt like that was all of all of them were kind of like the big, like all the things that people were freaking out about, and I was like, oh my gosh, A twenty four, this is their year, and then <laughs> yeah, this is it, and we like, and if I'm being honest, I would have expected something more from like the farewell and maybe like writing or Aquafina or Lulu Wang or just like any like anything when we got the White House. So um, yeah, it's kind of bizarre but i'm here for it because the lighthouse definitely deserves it yeah no for sure the farewell definitely deserves a little bit more love this year but yeah the lighthouse getting this nomination is really neat and it kind of restores my faith in the academy somewhat because i mean that's just such a cool pick i mean i thought the film was way too small to get noticed uh, but here we are and i think that's a that's a pretty good moment uh, we're going to segue into the sound categories now first one being sound editing the nominees for sound editing are ford v ferrari joker 1917 once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Skywalker, they always just love to throw Star Wars some nominations. I, I don't know if anyone in the Academy has watched uh, any of the new Star Wars movies, but they'll just throw them a ton of nominations anyways. I would love to like watch like one of the 90-year-old voters like try to like try to sit down and watch Star Wars and just be so confused. Like it would just it would make me so happy just to it would just be like the personification of okay boomer. It would just be it would be so great. I would love it so much. 
No, no, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's weird. Like, you look, uh, I think every single one of their new five films this decade has gotten at least one nomination. And the only one that got one nomination, Solo, picked up a, uh, picked up a solo nomination. But every other one has gotten like three, four, five nominations. Uh, never a win this decade for Star Wars for the franchise, but they always just throw them a bunch of tech categories. Yeah, and it's 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 another one of these kind of like these running things with the Academy where in in all of these, especially with cinematography, but it's like even with like these sound categories, they always they always choose something that doesn't sound ridiculous on on the actual ballot. Um, so like last year, it was like like Avengers and like uh, Infinity War and all these other like comic book movies, and the movie that one was First Man because it just sounds the most like realistic and down to earth. Oh, yeah. So yeah, for visual effects, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for I kind of I feel like the same thing kind of follows with sound a little bit. So yeah, like I don't think Star like Star Wars doesn't have a chance. No. Um, and so my my guess here is I feel like because this is one one year where I don't think anything's gonna win like a ton of awards because I feel like a lot of things are gonna split and a lot of things are gonna get consolation prizes and other places. And I think this is the one category where Ford v, Ford v Ferrari has a chance. And I think. It's going to get this one, and then 1917 gets sound mixing, is my guess. Um, I don't know what your take is, though. I 100% agree. I think that's where the split's going to be. Um, Ford v. Ferrari definitely deserves it, too. I would pick it for this category. Um, But I think that there's definitely going to be a little bit of a... If 1917 is able to win this and sound mixing, I would definitely look for 1917 to go all the way Oscar night um and potentially even throw in visual effects into that mix if it's able to take all three of those i think 1917 will definitely go all the way um so that's kind of something scary to look out for um but i would love to see this award kind of get split because i think 1917's taken at least one of these um but i would love to see ford v ferrari pick up the sound editing it definitely deserves it that'd be a really cool uh award for them to win um and also kind of looking back to last year last year was a very interesting year because there were a lot of little consolation prizes. There were, I believe, eight nominees for Best Picture last year. All of them took home at least one award. So if the uh, Academy follows suit with that, this is definitely where Ford v. Ferrari takes that. Yeah, and I think this is the, like literally the only one where it has a chance to win because I don't see it doing anything anywhere else, and it's not even really nominated much other places. But yeah, I think def- for sure it's Ford v. Ferrari and 1917 are kind of like the two at the top here. Definitely. Uh, so we'll segue into mixing, and sound mixing has an uh, interesting nomination as well. Ad Astra is in there, which is pretty awesome. Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are the other nominees. So we have uh, a little bit of a mismatch here because you have Ad Astra in the mixing and Star Wars in the editing. That's kind of the sole sound nominees. Every year there's usually one that only gets into one category. We had a, a Quiet Place get into editing last year and a Star is Born get into mixing. So now we see this year Ad Astra get into mixing. That's a another one of those nominations that kind of reminded me of the lighthouse for cinematography just a really worthy nomination and kind of a bold move i i love that pick yeah me too it's like there was like no campaign for ad astra like i didn't even get a screener for it it was very it was very bizarre what kind of watching that and kind of seeing how silent like silent it was so yeah it is really cool to see that kind of thing here um i think it's probably running fifth in this category even though it's Probably my number one pick, if I'm being honest, because I think a lot of what it's doing, uh, mixing sound, is part of the reason why like all the space stuff is so arresting and so just incredible in that movie. Um, but yeah, like like we said before, it's probably 1917 here is the is the easy bet, and maybe Ford v Ferrari if the uh, Academy's feeling generous. 
Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think 1917's taken it. My pick, however, would be uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's a, it, it's probably like the the oddest pick um, to hear uh, in a sound category, but I think it's just a gorgeous sounding film and the way that the soundtrack's mixed in uh, throughout this film and just, just overall the sound design. I, I love how this film sounds, um, but I, I definitely agree 1917's probably going to be the one that uh, takes it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really do like all of these um, nominees for one way or another. I think they do a lot of interesting things. Maybe maybe not Joker. I don't really know what sounds doing in that movie. <laughs> I don't know. Even like even that one scene where they transitioned uh, God, I forget the name of the song, but they transitioned um, Glitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They transitioned that song into uh, the, the, the uh, score. I mean, on the staircase, that wasn't even that, that was pretty messy. Yeah, it's it's very jarring. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what uh, I don't know. Maybe I feel like the score kind of like is the reason it got sound mixing. I know that doesn't make sense, but I no, feel like I agree. I agree. People, people were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is such like an arresting like audio like audio like experience. But they were really just thinking about the score. But they were like, "Oh yeah, it also sounds good." I guess I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's kind of a theme with this year. We're seeing just a few films get a ton of, of uh, nominations. Um, like we have four films that were able to get to the double digits, which is actually the first time in history that four films have uh, gotten double digit nominations. So I think that is kind of what makes it seem a little bit more boring in, in a way, because you're kind of seeing the same movies in every category. Like I'm a big fan of some of those movies. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I think that's kind of what adds to the, the factor of some people feeling a little bit bored with these nominees. Yeah, and it's so weird because, yeah, like The Irishman has 10 nominees, but I don't think it's going to win anything, which is so weird. Sad. Because, you, like, yeah, you would think it would get, like, at least, like, something. But, yeah, I think it's running, like, fourth or fifth in a lot of these categories. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move into the international feature film category. This is the uh, first year they've used that title, um, changing from uh, foreign language film. Um, pretty neat. I, I, I kind of like the new the new. Uh, award title here but the nominees are corpus christi honeyland les miserables pain and glory and parasite i don't know what country uh corpus christi is from do you know i think i believe it's poland I yeah think. I think you're right there i, I definitely yeah i remember hearing yeah poland's definitely right um there are actually some solid nom- nominations here I, I really dug pain and glory back when i saw it a few months ago les mis i saw the other day i, I really enjoyed that as well and obviously, I think that we know who's taking this category. Um, it, it's going to be Parasite. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I would say that all the other movies in this category are really great. Uh, Corpus Christi is the only one I haven't got a chance to see. And hopefully I hopefully I get a chance to watch it before the awards uh, this weekend. But yeah, the rest of these, like Honeyland is a really interesting documentary. Les Mis, I think, is a really interesting cop drama. It's training day, like French training day with a lot of really rich uh, – cultural commentary i think it's really interesting and pain and glory is just also really terrific so there's there is a lot to love about this category but yeah it's it's parasite like there's there's no question what do you do if uh you're, you're sitting there on the couch you're watching what do you do when they uh open the card and you hear pain and glory what, what would you do um i just start cackling because then we're we're in for just full anarchy with this academy awards which i'm here for because i mean like it seems like the only movie I would be really upset if it was like swept was Joker. I mean, I don't really feel like really, really, really getting why I hate that movie. But um, like, yeah, if like something like that happens, like that would just be so cool because it just means that like, who I, I don't know, maybe Ford v Ferrari wins Best Picture or like something like everything's on the table at that point. It would be just it would be really good TV, even if it's not like really good, like voting, if that makes sense. 
For sure. Chances, however, definitely uh, next to nothing on that. Yeah, definitely um, not. We're going to move into the big one here, one of the big ones in the tech categories, that is film editing. Um, an important category for sure, and there's a legend nominated here among some others. Ford v. Ferrari is uh, one of the nominees, the Irishman, Thelma Schoonmacher. That, this is her eighth nomination, I believe, which uh, uh, put her over the top or tied her with the uh, most nominations ever for an individual in this category. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite are the other three. I think just Thelma alone makes the Irishman a worthy contender in this category, but then that three and a half hour runtime, I think will kind of sad, sadly enough, kind of turn some people away from voting for it in this category. So I think that this category might be one of the ones that is completely up in the air. I don't quite know who's taking it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is the one chance. I mean, we just talked about the Irishman a few weeks little bit ago but i feel like this is the one chance for the irishman to get some type of recognition especially because like thelma shoemaker is just such an icon in the industry and has worked with scorsese so many times but i think this is going to parasite if i had to put like any type of money on it um i just feel like there seems to be a lot of just buzz building behind this movie and just in all just ways so i feel like that's probably the one to go um strangely enough a lot of the betting uh, odds have Ford v Ferrari first, which is in this category as like as the favorite, which is just very strange with Parasite following uh, shortly behind. But I feel like we, Phil, uh, editing is one of those categories where there's a there's a very strong correlation between that and like Best Picture or like directing and all these other things. So my guess is because there's a lot of love building for Parasite that it is Parasite here. If Parasite's able to take this uh, win in the editing category, I think that you might see it go all the way. Um, the two kind of notable um, admissions from this category that aren't here are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917. Obviously, 1917 is not going to be here for just kind of the actual way the film is put together. But it's it's quite rare for a film to miss out on an editing nomination and still go on to win Best Picture. Um, I believe the last time it happened, funny enough, was Birdman. Um, they missed out on an editing nomination, but still went on to win Best Picture. That's another film that is kind of using that one-shot technique. Um, so, so it's kind of interesting in that respect. So I think it definitely bodes a little bit better for Parasite. But if I had to pick personally, I'm actually going to put my money on the table for Ford v. Ferrari for this category. Um, I, I don't know why. I just think these, these last few weeks have kind of been... I think really this is one of the categories where it's mostly up in the air, but... If I had to go with one, I'm going to cling to Ford v Ferrari. Yeah, and I just I actually just rewatched Ford v Ferrari recently, and it's it's really fucking good. Like I feel like we we've kind of like a lot of people dismissed it as like oh it's like it's the dad movie like put on your New Balances and go watch Ford v Ferrari <laughs> type of thing, uh, but it's really good. And I think yeah, the editing and the sound are what kind of what make that movie like incredible and all like the just the extended like Le Mans race at the end is just all sound and editing and, and spatial awareness. It's so, it's so well put together. Uh, But yeah, like back to what you said with like once upon a time in Hollywood, it's, it is so strange that that's not here. Uh, I, I love the, like that editing is really good. And some of the things like even like how it uses, um, how it cuts between um, Brad Pitt and looking back on his encounter with Bruce Lee. And there's (laughs) definitely like a lot of stuff there between like, Oh, is that a dream or like, what is that? And it's, there's so, much, there's so many interesting choices that that movie makes. It's, it is really bizarre that that's not in here. You would think that, um, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just really weird. Maybe that kind of just shows, maybe that the love for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is waning. Um, I think that there is a shot that it's kind of like one of the big losers of the night, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's weird because it's been a very up and down roller coaster ride this award season, and a lot of that has to do with the kind of shortened uh, awards season. We've had kind of uh, Parasite come out, kind of being the film that was the front runner. Then The Irishman dropped, and it was definitely the front runner, or at least up there for a while. Um, then kind of nothing happened over that December period. We really had no buzz for really anything new. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood then seemed just like the, the obvious choice to win and, and kind of be the big winner. Then we had 1917 open wide. And that is since then it's the rest is almost history because it's just running away with a lot of different award shows. Um, but yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood, not getting this is, is, um, I don't know if it's telling, but because it did get ultimately 10 nominations, but it, it was definitely weird definitely a head scratcher whenever i saw this category um it's funny because tarantino editing seems like a staple nomination for his films so many of his movies have gotten editing nominations um even going back to pulp fiction that picked up an editing nomination and uh, a bunch of other ones throughout his career i believe Inglorious got one i believe django got one but we're seeing his last couple of movies he's shifting from the editing nominations to the cinematography nominations hateful eight now once upon a time in hollywood both missing editing but picking up nominations in the cinematography category um he's looking he's looking more style lately he's he's going for that uh that beautiful uh, cinematography lately <laughs> yeah it is it is really weird I, I wouldn't say it's everything in terms of like a once upon a time once upon a time in hollywood's possible success here but it's definitely something and i think it's definitely something to note as we look through these categories i would be definitely um shocked if a film like jojo rabbit or joker picked up the win here and i think that that winning i don't know what that would say about the rest of the night do you think that that would have any implications on uh, the best picture race at all i think this is this is definitely like a thing like if because i don't think like editing in joker just isn't very good like we like we kind of talked about like the weird like the gary glitter song and all that like that whole scene is just so bizarre and it just weirdly it's like a comedy cut to shay wiggum and bill camp at the top of the stairs looking at um Joaquin Phoenix like what like what the fuck are you doing like it's really it's really <laughs> weird right um but like kind of like last year like Bohemian Rhapsody like just a terribly edited film that one best editing somehow so like I think it's for Joker if if it's if they somehow pull this one out I think that's like it really just shows like the late surge that Joker might have for other awards as well yeah I mean We'll see. It's going to be a neat one, but uh, just to kind of refresh real quick. So I got Ford v. Ferrari. You have Parasite. Um, so yeah, we'll move into our, our next category here, which is actor in a supporting role. Um, Tom Hanks for Our Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What are the odds that Joe Pesci's at, uh, at the award ceremony? Do you think he's going to show up? I hope he doesn't because that would be hilarious. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've been like, I, I don't know how intently you follow a lot of the shows, but I, I, I've kind of made it a point this year to watch pretty much every single award show. I've been very uh, ear to the ground pretty much this whole award season. He's never been to a single uh, show. Yeah, it's he's one of those guys where, I mean, he's when was the last time he was in a movie? Like forever ago? Like the last yeah. thing he was in was like that Snickers commercial, right? Like <laughs> he's just... Like he he's just kind of one of those guys, and I feel like he he's kind of in the same mold as like George C. Scott, which like he just like didn't accept an Oscar because he was like, no, it's against the art form. <laughs> it's like one of those things. I don't know if it's Joe Pesci has quite that like the same like feelings there, but he's definitely he's definitely a different breed, right? Like I I don't know, like I don't even like I guess he's probably second in this category as well. Like he has maybe. I mean, this is Brad Pitt's category to lose. Like, definitely, it's one of the safer like bets 
I don't, but I think yeah, Pesci is definitely running second here. I would think it's just yeah, it's I don't know. I would love to. There was like an open chair with like a, just Joe Pesci's name on it, and they just cut to it. That would be like <laughs> that would probably be like the greatest thing ever in the history of movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember. Do you did you watch uh, the Globes at all? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, do you remember the opening joke from um, the host there? Oh my God, Ricky Gervais, and he uh, made the Baby Yoda joke about Pesci. <laughs> he wasn't even there, man. He's a cheap joke. He's not even there. Yeah. Um, but love uh, you, Joe Pesci. Come on, pod. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm telling you, I think I think with Joe Pesci, I, the last film he was in before this was 2010, the last live action movie. He did one voice role in a very small animated movie in between that, but it's been at least five years since that even. Um, so it's been a long time since he's been acting. And in the last 20 years, he's only been in like four or five movies. But I think he's just a guy that likes to do his job and uh, do it well. Um, you even remember back with Goodfellas, uh, he, he, he claimed he didn't know he was going to win that Oscar. He... Uh, definitely was surprised and then when he comes up on stage i don't know if you've ever seen the video but it's uh it's one line he's uh <laughs> he's pretty much like thank you i'm honored gone <laughs> is i wonder if is this like the last time we see joe pesci in a movie it's very possible right it is i, I don't think we'll we'll see him again i think like we've all heard the stories of how many times they had to bug him to come out and do this movie and tell him this is not like our old mob movies because he kept saying buzz off guys like we've done this before <laughs> but um but bob robert de niro as they refer to him they uh um had to like reach out to him i think like a couple dozen times like i think marty was saying that Robert De Niro spoke to Joe Pesci at least like 30 or 40 different times over the span of like five years to try to get him to take this role. And finally he did it. And he was phenomenal. He, he's great in this movie. Look at you, Bob and Marty. First name basis with these with these Titans. I love it, man. This is great. This last, this last month, I've watched so so many interviews, man. I feel I feel like I know them, <laughs> especially after the the coke ad or whatever it was in the Super Bowl. Just like Marty, just like hanging out with Jonah Hill. Like it's just oh. it's great stuff. Oh, if you get that. close to him every time, right? It's <laughs> great, it's great. Um, but yeah, no, this is definitely uh, Brad Pitt's to lose here. He he's Absolutely. flying high here. I, this is an interesting category because pick up this uh category drop it in like 1999 it, it still fits yeah it's fucking it's just like all these guys are just like titans of the industry like yeah like who's like the least famous person here is it maybe pesci just because he does he just does does less stuff like I don't, it's 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 incredible it's it's pesci 11 months of the year whenever uh december rolls around he's number one with uh, the home alones but uh <laughs> um, <laughs> so true but but yeah, no, I, I, I think that, yeah, he's probably the, he's probably number five here, but I don't even know where I'd begin to arrange the other four. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's just so much, it's just crazy that Brad Pitt is just running away with all this. I mean, yeah, it's, he's, the, I think he's the best performance out of this group, but it's, of all that star power, you would think that like some like random group would be like, hey, Al Pacino, congratulations. We like I you. Agree. I don't know. Yeah. It's very, it's very weird. I'm surprised for sure, but this is one that I think we're both kind of unanimous on. We're going to segue now to the animated feature film category. Um, we have five nominees here. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Um, I was very pleased to see I Lost My Body and Klaus land in this category. Yeah, me too. I think I Lost My Body is just so imaginative and so weird. Uh, it's... it. I feel like there's always there's always a few in the animated feature film category where it's either like a 
a foreign film or just like something you like you've never like really heard of but and i feel like i lost my body is definitely that pick for this year but yeah it's it's so bizarre and i also love klaus too it's just look at netflix just doing just doing really good business here Mm -hmm. i think there's a little bit of a different dynamic to i lost my body as well because Yes, you're right. There's always that one animated film that lands in this category that no one's ever heard of. It's definitely like a, some sort of foreign film. But this has the Netflix uh, giant behind it. Like it's it's a Netflix film. And I think, yes, while it is a foreign language film, it, it's in French. Um, this is a film that I think is so accessible just because of Netflix's platform. And that's why I think that this film, I don't know if it's going to win because it seems like Klaus is the one that is going to challenge Toy Story 4 here. But I lost my body. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see an upset like that. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if just like back to like my boomer theory, it's like like they just see like what it's a severed hand like going through the city. Like this is just too weird for me. Um, yeah, I know that's that's such a cynical. That's just like a cynical take. But like I feel like there's definitely some like voters who are like this is ridiculous, and then they just turn it off, and then they just go back to watching Ford v Ferrari again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I. I it's I would love if that movie won. I just I just don't see it if I'm being honest. Uh, I think yeah I think it's definitely Klaus in Toy Story four and weirdly Missing Link just because I mean it won the Globe and the um the uh, like the screener campaign and like the all the, for all the voting bodies it was kind of nuts how much they campaigned this movie. I feel like because this is only this is Annapurna's like only movie that they had that was really getting any traction. So like yeah like they really went hard to it and it was successful. I wouldn't and it's. It's one of those th- – it's just a really comfortable, just like simple story that I think a lot of voters would really love. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against that movie like showing up here as well. But I think it's – Toy Story 4 is the, is prob- is the favorite and I think it's also the one that's going to win. But uh, yeah, Klaus and Missing Link I think are the ones to look out for here. Yeah, I think for sure Klaus is is definitely a, a film that's kind of mounting a little bit of a surge here. It uh, won every – Annie Award it was nominated for, which is the animated uh, uh, film award show uh, every year. It won all seven uh, awards it was nominated for. That's big. I think Missing Link with that Globes win, it, it's on people's minds. Leica has empty or has bottomless uh, pockets, um, kind of pushing this film out there. I think that we might see an upset just because it's Toy Story 4. It's a, it's a great film for sure. Don't get me wrong, but it is uh, the fourth film. And I think that we might, I mean, that that's not to say that they won't. Um, acknowledge it because Toy Story 3 is, is one that obviously got a Best Picture nomination, just an absolute groundswell of support. I think one of the bigger reasons with that was because um, obviously Toy Story 3 is an undeniable classic, but they didn't have an animated film category with the first two. They needed to go all out for that one um, and really say sorry for not having that category back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but this is a category where I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw an upset. And it's funny because Toy Story 4, I think, has been the favorite since like these last few weeks and i could definitely see it going another way but uh, yeah i'll pick toy story 4 i'll keep it a safe pick i could even see how to train your dragon the hidden world sneaking in there just because it's it's the end of a trilogy all three films are good they didn't miss their mark on any of those films so i could even see that one sneaking in randomly just because it they, they did land it they, they stuck the landing on a trilogy which is not always uh, accomplished especially with animated films um but i don't know i think i think i gotta go with toy story 4 to keep it safe yeah, and so if we're going by the betting lines here, Toy Story 4 is the favorite, but also Klaus is right there. Uh, it's actually very close, uh, running in second as like a minor uh, underdog. Um, so it, and then Missing Link is in third, kind of like 
pretty far behind that. So yeah, I for people love Klaus. Yeah, like as I mentioned, it's winning a lot of these awards. I my guess because there's always we have like there's so many favorites in every single Academy Awards, and there's always one that's like whoa, like I didn't see that coming. And like last year, it was Olivia Coleman over Glenn Close, and like there's always that one. I think we could see Klaus here. Is I, I'm, I think I'm too much of a, of a chicken to pick it, but I think it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I know that you're, you're definitely right there. And it's such a diverse category this year. I was expecting to see frozen two here. Um, just because it's, it, it's such a huge film. It's Disney, but throwing in, uh, I lost my body. Uh, that's probably the film that overtook it. Um, if I'm just guessing, I'm not hundred percent sure that was neat because now you have a really diverse lineup of five films that are all pretty unique, pretty different. They're all from different studios. Um, well, sorry, Klaus and I lost my body on Netflix there, but they all feel uniquely different. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely an eclectic group and it's cool because they're all, they're all really good in their own ways. Um, maybe, I don't know. Missing Link was fine. I thought it was an okay movie. It's definitely my least favorite of the group here, but yeah, there's, there's something to love about a lot of them. I agree. It, it, it's an enjoyable time and it's, it, it's a good film, but you're right. It's, it's probably the weaker one just in terms of a, in terms of a narrative sense. Uh, moving on to visual effects here, we have Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, 1917, The Lion King, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think that we're going to see 1917 take this one. It seems like the safest Academy pick. However, I, I think that we could see a small groundswell for the Irishman, not enough to get at the window, but maybe enough to put Endgame in the seat to win. <laughs> That's cool. Like a little bit of a split the vote action. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah going back to my, my theory about what sounds the least ridiculous on the ballot, um, I think that that goes to 1917 here. Uh, and it's also the favorite. Uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet that this one pulls it out. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think Irishman, I think, is second running here because I, while I think maybe there's more like impressive stuff maybe going on in Endgame, I guess, overall, um, I think the Irishman is just kind of more accessible to a lot of the voters in the Academy. So it's definitely 1917-1, Irishman 2, but I think 1917 is the easy winner here. Man. It's so weird. Endgame, one nomination. I mean, I know it's Endgame. It's it's just it's it's so it's so not Academy, but I expected it to pick up a few more. But I mean, it really lost that steam. Um, I don't know if it even ever had it, but it, there was definitely talk from from uh, critics and sources that this film could have gone a little bit and maybe picked up some tech nominations. But no, it's it's dead. They're just gonna throw them all to Star Wars. They'll give them all the tech nominations. That, that's their <laughs> that's their like uh, their uh, nerdy pick. There you go. It's so funny because even on the on the award screener for Endgame, they're doing they're trying so hard to like mask that it's a superhero movie, like all <laughs> like like all of the stills in it. It like the front of it is just like is the the shot of uh, RDJ looking at like his helmet, um, in the Iron Man in the Iron Man suit, and then like on the inside, it's just like like it's like 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 the five like photos where it's like two people talking to each other <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the entire movie it's so funny to see that like, look it's stuff like that it's like look it's a real movie don't like don't be afraid by all the all the marvel superhero weirdness it's it's a real thing please believe us it's it's so it's so funny how they tried to game the system um yeah and i honestly i wouldn't be upset with 1917 Irishman or Endgame winning I'd be happy with all three Lion King I oh my god I would hate that Star Wars would be pretty <laughs> Star Wars would be undeserving as well I wouldn't mind any of the three Endgame just because of the franchise as a whole and where it got to Irishman I think that it did do some pretty innovative stuff and 1917 is just a pretty solid pick as well 
Yeah, I think I think 1917 is actually my favorite of this group. I think it's great because you don't really notice the visual effects. It's so seamless. So I, that's kind of, I think it's also why I loved First Man and why that won last year because you just couldn't tell what, what was an effect and what wasn't. So I think, yeah, I, I really like 1917 here. Yeah, I, I still think that we might see that split, but I think 1917 is where I'm going to, where I'm going to keep my pick. Um, it, it just seems like the safe, safe pick. But this could be one where, where we see Irishmen potentially break through, but I just don't think that there'll be enough um, people to back that movie in this category. Um, shifting now to original screenplay, uh, this is another category where there was another really interesting welcomed pick that I actually might make an argument for that it might win, and that's Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Um, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite are the other nominees in this category. Uh, 1917, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> Me neither. It's just, I would have liked to read that script because I'm sure it's really interesting to kind of read like, for like film students to see like, Oh, like this is how you write action in your screenplay. But yeah, I don't really know. Like, is it like, there's not a lot of nuance there. Like, I don't really like, it's like, it's kind of my big criticism about 1917. It's just kind of like, Oh, look at all this interesting stuff on the surface, but there's really nothing underneath. And that, which I think when you have those kind of layers speaks to a really good screenplay. So yeah, I don't really know why it's there either. It's very strange. Yeah. I think, yeah, so so kind of relating back, we had Ad Astra in the mixing category, Lighthouse in cinematography, now Knives Out getting its sole nomination here in original screenplay. Why it's here, I think, is just because of how well this hit at the box office. A lot of people discount box office when it comes to the Oscars, but I think that the box office plays a massive role. That's how you get people talking about your movies, and I think the reason, or the, the fact that Knives Out was such a success is the reason it's here. Oh, it's no, there's no question about that. It's like you see it kind of like tank a lot of um a lot of other um films in other years like Blade Runner 2049. Everyone was like, oh yeah, that'll probably be nominated for Best Picture, and then it just didn't do very well at the box office. Then we saw it just kind of just fizzle out, and it only got nominated for Tech Awards and things like that. So yeah, it's absolutely it's like it's one of the few things when a movie like I feel like Knives Out is like one of the few exceptions now where it just built it just built world of word of mouth and just more people went out and saw it and saw it again and again. Um, so yeah, I think that, that you're abs- I think you're absolutely right there. Where it's this is kind of like, hey, congratulations for being so popular. Yeah, and it'd be it, it's a really neat nomination too. I didn't I didn't see it coming at all um, on the morning they announced these awards. I was really feeling the farewell to get into this category, and I really wish it was here um, over at least 1917. But Knives Out was a was a really cool nomination for sure. Um, I know you're a big fan of Marriage Story. I know that's probably your personal pick still. Is it? Yeah, it's definitely my personal pick, and I feel like. It's, Marriage Story is the other one. I feel like The Irishman and Marriage Story, I feel like maybe there's like some weird Netflix bias again this year. The same way we saw for last year, we saw for Roma. But it, I think Marriage Story was was definitely like, okay, this is the consolation prize for Noah Baumbach. Like, here, congratulations. You're not going to win director or screen or picture or anything other thing, but we're going to give you writing. And we kind of we see it a lot. I mean, like last year, Spike Lee for Black Landsman. It just it happens all the time where it's like this. It's like definitely like the cool kids category where it's like, hey, like we see you, but we like these other like really simplified movies instead. Um, so that was yeah, that was my choice. But I think this is coming down to for the Academy side of it. I think it's it's definitely Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite, um, which is very bizarre. And I think my guess is I think it seems like all the betting odds have Parasite as the 
as the front runner here. But my guess is, I mean, I guess I'll spoil my picks for later, but I think 1917 is going to win director and picture. Um, so I think this is the consolation prize for Quentin Tarantino. Um, but you might, we might even, the other side of that is also, oh, this is the consolation prize for Bong Joon-ho because exactly. he's not, because um, he might not win. So yeah, it's it's definitely a toss-up, but I don't know. I feel like there's, like, I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has to get something above the line, right? Um, maybe I, well, besides Brad Pitt, I feel like there's just, it has to get something else. So my guess is that it, this is, Quentin Tarantino, but yeah, I don't feel good about it at all. The weird thing is, I think it's been, I mean, I think Marriage Story had a lot of the buzz. Award season hits, it doesn't really win anything. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood starts winning these awards. And then we slowly start to see things shift in 1917. Therefore, I think a lot of people feel like Parasite's got to get something. We start to see Parasite winning screenplays. The BAFTAs yesterday gave original screenplay to Parasite. Um, the uh, Writers Guild Association, Quentin Tarantino is not a part of that. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood didn't even, um, it wasn't even eligible. So that was interesting, but Parasite won there. So it, while Tarantino wasn't eligible there, I th- still think it hurts the image and the campaign of the film. Um, but uh, it's weird that he's not a part of that uh, guild, but uh, it's just his choice, I guess. But I think here we we are probably going to see at this point definitely a race between those two films. Um, if Parasite was looking like it could take director or picture, maybe we'd see... Quentin sneak in here, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a real battle between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. And I think if Quentin wins this, he's going to just throw the award away. He wants a director, man. He really wants to win Best Director, I think. Um, and his career is just always screenplays. <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like they you know see what... him as a writer, right? They see him as a pure writer, and he's a fantastic director. But I don't know. I think awards bodies really just see him as a writer. Yeah, it's it's so tough. It, this I think this is like the one toss up category for me. Like it's. Like, you'll ask me tomorrow, and I think it's Parasite, and it goes back and forth. It's one of those 51-49 situations going on here. Um, but, yeah, I think, man, I I don't, I am very torn here. I mean, yeah, like, all those wins for Parasite on all the guilds, it seems like it's leaning that way. But, yeah, like, it's also, we like, with Tarantino not being part of the Writers Guild, it's, like, it's so weird. Like, you have no gauge if, like, oh, if that would have won, like, if he was there, or, like, what, like, what's going on here. It's such a, I think it's, like, definitely the weirdest category. It's... The one I'm most looking forward to, if I'm being honest. For sure. I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Tarantino. I don't know. I think that they're going to they're gonna keep it with him. I mean, it's uh, it's Hollywood. It's it's the Academy Awards. The BAFTAs going for Parasite was a little bit of a shocker, but they really went uh, low on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It didn't take home really anything besides Brad Pitt, I don't think, yesterday. So I think that the Academy Awards are going to keep it a little bit more um, in, in the vein of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I see... That Quentin probably winning this, but Parasite could definitely be a spoiler. Um, the other screenplay is the adapted screenplay uh, category. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes are the nominees here. Um, another kind of question mark there, Joker. I did not expect that at all, it to sneak in there. Um, well, I, well, going into award season, I didn't expect it, but then it started getting those nominations. It just seems kind of puzzling. Um, but this is definitely, I think it's, it's a three-way race at this point with The Irishman in a distant third. Yeah, definitely. And my my guess at the beginning of like all of this um, award stuff was my guess was that Steve uh, Zalen was going to win here. It's kind of the consolation prize for the Irishman because it probably wasn't going to win Best Picture or Director or anything like that. So I figured that was going to win. But it seems like 
I mean, Jojo Rabbit just won over the over the weekend. It seems like there's like a there's a late buzz uh, for Taika here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that's where I'm going to go here as well. I think unfortunately Greta Gerwig's going to get um, going to lose out here, which is very upsetting to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's Jojo here. This Mike is my pick. I love uh, Zillion's Irishman screenplay. I think it's 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 one of the strongest of the year in my books and i i'd personally pick it probably um but i'm gonna actually go with greta gerwig i think that the uproar about a lot of the nominations is is going to help her chances a little bit and i think that she might go home with the win however jojo rabbit i think is a very very close second in my books if not uh, uh, just a tad ahead and first i think it's definitely between those two films at this point yeah and i'm kind of gauging this off of like like what seems to like what voting bodies seem to like generally like what movie more. And it seems like just like a lot of the writers are like, Oh, we really appreciate Jojo rabbit because Taika took like this like kind of serious book and made it like this kind of goofy thing. Um, I feel like there's just a lot of appreciation for it. Um, even though I think like little women's just a better script if I'm being honest, but um, I, I actually like Jojo. I'm not trying to poo poo that one too bad because uh, I think that movie's pretty good, but um, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I think, yeah, it's like it feels like the the two screenplay uh, categories are the two toss ups. Uh, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a it's a neat year for sure. And the last few years have been pretty cool for screenplay because we had twenty seventeen. We saw um, Get Out and um, Call Me by uh, Your Name win. That was that was a pretty neat split in in uh, that category. Last year we saw Green Book take original, um, which I think was not a huge shocker to people, but definitely uh, telling for how it would play out with best picture race. Then obviously Spike Lee got his Oscar last year in the adapted category, but this year it's definitely a toss up year, a hundred percent. Moving into the original score category, we have Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and John Williams, like his 54th nomination. I'm not kidding. I think it's 54 with Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just like good for you, John Williams. Like you're probably running fifth in this category. <laughs> Sorry no, to say. running just... sixth. <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's no shot. Sorry to say. Um, yeah, I, I, this is another one where my guess is, um, oh my God, this name is so hard. Hilder Guanadir. I don't even know how you say her name, uh, but I think she wins for this one. I think that's my guess. And I think, but it's so tough because I feel like there's a lot of love for 1917. I feel like Thomas Newman um, going up against Randy Newman. It's kind of like a little fun thing. I think. Mm-hmm. He's. I think Thomas Newman. I think is running second in this race just because of like the love for um, 1917. But uh, I think I think this is Joker's to lose. It seems like obviously Joaquin Phoenix seems to have actor locked up, but it seems like score is the other category where a lot of awards bodies are, are really digging Joker. And it is a fantastic score. It's really good. Most of them here are really swell. I mean, Star Wars, it's nothing really new, but I really enjoy Little Women's score. Uh, Marriage Story has a delightful score by Randy Newman, and 1917 is pretty strong as well. But um, I think that it, it seems like this is the category where a lot of awards bodies are kind of also giving Joker the win. And I, I, I think that Hilder has won at pretty much every award show this this season, which is pretty sad for thomas newman because that means he'll probably leave oscar night now being 0 for 15 in his career yeah it's it's rough and yeah i i guess my two favorites of this category i really love um alexander desplat's score and ernie newman's i think those two scores kind of make those movies 
Um, so, I mean, especially Marriage Story, which just like on rewatches, like that score just plays such a bigger role than you realize and like kind of what the feelings you have. And, and that's it's kind of the same thing with uh, Little Women, too. Uh, those are definitely my two favorites. So um, if there's an upset, I'm hoping for those two. Um, but I yeah, I think it's yeah, it seems like uh, Hilder like this is like hers to lose easily. Like I I would bet on this one if you get decent odds for it. Yeah, no, she's she's definitely the clear favorite with Thomas Newman running in a probably comfortable but distant second. But I I agree with you there. Uh, the Little Women score is just so good, uh, so good. Um, Segueing into the other musical category is original song. We have I can't let you throw yourself away uh, from Toy Story Four, which is Randy Newman yet again. I think that any time there's an original song from Randy Newman in the Toy Story franchise, the Academy can't help themselves. This is a delightful song, but oh my God, I don't know. This is just a, another weird, weird, weird nomination. I did not see this coming at all. Um, I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man is another nominee there. I'm standing with you from Breakthrough, um, Into the Unknown from Frozen Two, so that they give Frozen Two. Uh, some recognition there and then stand up uh, from Harriet is the last one. Those are the five nominees. I think this is another category that's pretty much locked up. Oh, which one are you picking? I'm going um, with uh, uh, rocket man. I'm going to love me again. Oh, okay. I was going to, I thought you were going toy story Four. Oh, no. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's rocket man's to lose and um, everyone just kind of loves Elton John. Uh, and I feel like he wanted, they wanted the globes for this and all the, and everything. So yeah, I think, it's definitely Rocket Man's to lose. Yeah, I mean, he's performing there. He, he's going to put on a good show. I think that, that, like, you can't help but not give Elton John the Oscar here. I think this is definitely one that he's going to take. I would love to see Taron perform with him, though. It's just going to be Elton performing. Um, that would have been cool, but we have... Uh, we have Elton John, which is which is fantastic. I think that they're they're definitely going to give it to him. But yeah, no, I, I just wanted I just pointed out Toy Story because I think that it, it doesn't have any chance of winning, but they always just love to throw him a, a nomination wherever they can. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess shout out to Breakthrough. <laughs> it's like that was like <laughs> I think out of all the nominees, that was the one where I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> like, very, first very of all, weird. first of all, who that isn't like a diehard Christian saw Breakthrough, and then like. It came out in April. Like it's it's just so weird that that movie got nominated. I just I just yeah no idea that was coming. I have no idea how there's there's a body like where is this body of people that was campaigning for I'm standing with you for breakthrough. It came out of the nowhere. breakthrough stands. <laughs> they're coming. Dude, this, they're coming for us. This thing came out of nowhere. I don't even think the movie did like it did good at the box office, but it wasn't a huge hit. But yeah, it comes out of nowhere with an original song nomination. That was. Toy Story 4 kind of it was a head scratcher, but like I get it. It's it's Randy Newman, it's Toy Story, but that was legit weird. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's so it's so bizarre. Uh so we move on to best actor. We're getting down to the uh, wire here. We have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for the Two Popes. Award season started up uh like very, very early in award season with my head to the ground. It was Adam Driver all the way. And then the actual awards started happening. And uh, Walking Phoenix has really just mounted an absolute, um, absolute kind of uh, campaign here. And he, he's winning absolutely everything. And it's funny because, I mean, he's had such a great career. And this is going to be his uh, probably first Oscar. Yeah, and it, it's so weird because, like, you can just go back to, like, The Master and, like, all these other, like, incredible performances. Like, and, like, this is the one that he gets crowned for. It's, I mean, it's not, it's 
probably not one of my favorite performances from him, if I'm being honest. Uh, it's, I feel like he's straining against a script that isn't very good. But then again, that script was also nominated, so what the hell do I know? Um, uh, if my, my pick here is uh, Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems. So um, <laughs> Me uh, too. He should have – yeah, it's like all the memes, all the great – like all just everything I love in a performance, and I'm really sad that he's not here. Um, no, that's – yeah. that's... That's my pick as well. I mean, he was great. Oh, my God. But I want to shout out real quick. I, I think that it's first-time nominee Jonathan Price. Um, I, I believe it's his first nomination. But it's also, I believe, the first nomination for Antonio Banderas. Um, so two two actors that have been around for a long time getting their first nominations this year. And it, it's also pretty neat because um, the Oscars, they seem, they seem to love in these lead actor categories to give the award to someone who's really doing a showy performance. And we see that from a lot of the uh, categories here. I mean, Jonathan Price is playing a historical figure. You know that the Oscars absolutely love that. Joaquin's just kind of out there uh, with his performance. Even Adam Driver just kind of giving it his all. And Leo's just, just on, on, on another level. Like he's on something there and once upon a time in Hollywood. But Antonio Banderas, it's a real subtle, laid back performance that I absolutely love. It's out of these, I, I love Adam Sandler as my favorite actor of 2019 in Uncut Gems. But out of these five, Antonio's my pick. Not yeah, to win, and I, he's my favorite for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually. I rewatched Painting Glory, like a little bit of it on a plane uh, recently, and like he is just so good in that movie. I think for a while, like I was with you, I think Adam Driver was my favorite performance and like my pick to win and all that stuff. But yeah, Antonio Banderas is so fucking good in that movie. And it, it's just, he is so mesmerizing. Just every choice he does is just so great. And yeah, I love him. But it is really interesting because. In this category, if I remember correctly, I think it's 11 of the last 15 years, the winner of the Best Actor category has been someone who has played an historical figure in some sense. Um, so it looks like we're, we're probably breaking them a little bit with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, but then we also have some we also have some history with that character. So in a way, like we all, we do have some history with it. So it's not not totally um, separated from that statistic but definitely still a little bit as well um so um yeah just a weird weird little fact but i think yeah it's walking phoenix easily he's winning all the awards um but uh he's probably running uh like fourth in this category for me if i'm being honest uh, i think jonathan price is last even though i think um he's actually pretty good as pope francis like he's really good at spinning uh, spitting image for him but um it's that one's just kind of like the ultimate like <laughs> like it's a guy playing like a pre- like a priest so it's like or the pope so it's like it's like such a such an oscar pick you know um <laughs> but yeah it's i think those two are running below but yeah but yeah shout out to leo i mean he doesn't really need my shadow because he's just living his best life out there but uh, i love him in this category and i feel like he's not getting a ton of traction here he's just kind of somewhere in the middle um but yeah it's it's phoenix it's phoenix is to lose it's there's like probably no question about that one Definitely. Um, yeah, Phoenix, definitely, 100%. We're both kind of uh, unanimous on that as well. Um, Leo, it, it's cool to see him in a movie. I mean, last last time he was in a film that wasn't him narrating a documentary was The Revenant. So he really picks and chooses his, his roles wisely. And taking this one was obviously one that, I mean, how can you turn down a, a Tarantino film? Um, but yeah, he he gave a great performance here for sure. I'm um, segueing to actress now. We have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. Uh, Cersei Ronan for Little Women. This is her fourth nomination. She's 25. 
Yeah, I, I love Saoirse Ronan. And I think we, when we talked about with uh, Florence Pugh a little bit earlier, where she might just get nominated a bunch of times before she wins, and it feels like, I mean, Saoirse Ronan's already there. I mean, she's got four nominations, which is just incredible, which is so insane to me. Crazy. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I love her in, this, in Little Woman. I think she's tremendous. And I mean, yeah, it's another one where, like, if the actor and actress is, are, like, two of the most boring categories to me because it feels like Renee was a wigger and just winning everything. And then Joaquin's winning everything. And I feel like, yeah, like Renee's like running, like is not high in this category for me. I think, I think clearly like ScarJo and Saoirse are like the two best performances out of this group. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a bummer there, but eh, what, what can you do? I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, we have also, yeah, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. You're right, Judy's, uh, Renee Zellweger winning absolutely everything. I think that she really did put on a show in Judy. I just think that the film is bad. Uh, I'm not going to say bad. I think the film's all right. It's passable. Like, I, I could watch it with with uh, with my parents, like, in passing. Like, it, it's a fine film. I, I don't have any need to watch it again. Same thing with Harriet. That's a film that I think was a little bit worse than Judy as a film. Um, and even Cynthia Rivo's performance, she's good, but not quite on the level of Zellweger in Judy. Um, but yeah, I, I think Scarlett Johansson is, is the strongest in this category. Even Charlize Theron, I think she's fine. She, she's my number five, actually, um, in terms of just my personal preference, because I think she's a fantastic actress for sure. And I really liked kind of her, her vo- voice change to play Megan Kelly in this role. But I think all of that performance is, is the uh, the makeup team, which is going to probably get their win. But for me, Scarlett's my my favorite performance in this category. But I think Renee, I mean, how can she not win at this point? I, I don't think we're going to see an Olivia Coleman upset like last year. Um, even Renee Zellweger won the BAFTA. So she, she's she's running away with this. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go there with Judy. I think it's a bad movie. <laughs> and I don't really love Zellweger's performance either. Like... I, I've been putting off watching Harriet for the longest time because um, I just haven't heard great things. But I'll I'll watch it this week and we'll, we'll see. Um, stay tuned for that, I guess. But yeah, Zellweger is probably the, out of the four that I've seen. She's definitely going last here. Uh, but I, I totally agree with Baron. Like it's just it's like it's such a typical like oh like um it's kind of like the same thing I have with Zellweger, but it, I think it's done a little better with Baron if I'm being honest. Where it's just in a, a really really good impression of someone you know and just kind of getting all those like uh, all those like very like marketable beats down like what you see them on tv is not necessarily like who they are as like a real person when they're just like hanging out in their home and things like that um but yeah i think scarjo is easily my favorite here even though i really love sarah i think this is like probably like scarlet's like probably her best performance ever if i'm being honest like i think she's just outrageously good here yeah, no, for sure. Um, 100%. Uh, moving a little bit now into the directing category. This is a big one. Caused a lot of controversy there. Greta Gerwig was kind of the big snub that most people kind of talked about from this category. We have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, um, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. This is Scorsese's ninth nomination, which puts him at number two all-time on directing nominations. Um, but I think this category, which at one point was pretty exciting has now dwindled down to maybe a race of two. Yeah. It seems like with all the love for 1917, it seems like this is Sam Mendes's um, category to lose. Um, but yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I wouldn't rule out Bong Joon-ho here. Definitely. Um, I think he is de- unquestionably that running two in this race here. 
um, which I guess it's kind of a bummer because I would have loved to see Quentin get a little more love in this category, but it seems like that's not going to happen. But yeah, I think for all the love 1917 is getting, it's it just it's a Mendes all the way. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's a film that's just like uh, Sam Mendes. I think he directed a really good film here in 1917. I mean, for me, I think the film's good, but I think his directing is is really good. Um, but uh, for, for my personal pick, I, I'd like Bong Joon-ho here. I think he's just kind of directing on, on a different level in this film. There's so many different tones and, and genres that are kind of intertwined throughout Parasite, and he makes it work with his direction. It's absolutely seamless, so I'd pick him. But I do think Sam Mendes is going to win this award just because it seems like the most directing, if you know what I mean. I'm using uh, uh, kind of quotes with that. It's the most directing, and, and that's kind of what 1917 is. It seems like such just a director's film. Um but I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they gave director to Bong and then picture to 1917. Um, but or or even potentially the other way around. But at this point, I'd probably have to go with a safe pick of Sam Mendes. But there's definitely a chance for Bong to upset. Yeah, there's because the, we saw it last year with Quaron winning director and then Green Book got best picture. Uh, there, there's definitely a possibility of Par- of Bong Joon Ho for Parasite winning here. And then, I also agree. I think it's probably my, even though I really want, want some more love for Tarantino, I think Bong's uh, just work here is outrageous. Like, like no, like hardly any other director makes this movie work at all. Like there's like, like you said, there's so many crazy tone shifts and it's all over the place. And it's, it's like just high comedy at one point. And it's like a horror movie. Like it's, it's so crazy. So, and the fact that this movie works at all is kind of a feat. And also like this movie's incredible. So Yeah. Really good job by Bong Joon-ho. I, I hope he wins here. But yeah, it seems like I think we'll, we'll have a sense for what, where this category is going to go. If you see 1917 and a lot of the, the tech stuff, a lot of below the line things, I think it's definitely Mendy's here. But if you start to see a little weirdness, then I think that's when Bong Joon-ho starts to creep in. For sure. Definitely agree. Um, so now we're at the big one. We're at the best picture uh, best picture category. Um, we have Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So the Academy didn't exercise their right of having 10 nominees this year, but um, there were nine, one up from last year. A uh, pretty interesting batch of films here. I think it's a pretty standard lineup. Um, it, it seems like they're kind of following last year, kind of picking the more obvious, more popular mainstream choices. Last year, I think they, there, there were a lot of picks in there that, that weren't very, very small in scope or are not kind of on, on an indie level, so to speak. I think this year's the same. We have nine films that are that are quite popular. Yeah, and... I guess it's it's so weird. I have so I have so many mixed feelings because I really love a lot of the movies in here. Like I would say, like The Irishman, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite are all movies that like I probably would say I love. Like I think they're really terrific, but I don't think any of those movies are winning, which is weird. Um, I think it's definitely down to 1917 and Parasite. That's what it seems like from all the, like the guilds and everything. So, um, but I think it's definitely 1917 here. Uh, and frustratingly to say, but. I mean, if I had to rank all these movies, I think I have 1917 8th. I have Joker last, then 1917 after that. Um, so um, it's just kind of, I don't know, like, I get I get it. I get why people like it. It's just, it's not for me. And it's it just feels like, it feels like one of those picks that we're going to, like, come back to in five years and be like, what, that one? Like, when was the last time you talked about 1917? Um, and I, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I agree there. I think that you're right with that, um, that kind of statement about, if potentially 1917 wins, I do think it's a 
I think it's a three-way race. I don't think I know a lot of people have been kind of saying two-way race now with Parasite in 1917. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still in there. Um, I just don't know how the ranked ballot system is going to uh, help it or or hurt it. I think the ranked ballot system might hurt films like Joker, um, potentially The Irishman. I think The Irishman will have some up top, but definitely a lot at the bottom. I think Ford v. Ferrari is one that probably isn't going to be up high on many people's lists. Um, but I think that we're probably going to see it, it go down to a three-way race. Um, but uh, I'm going to go, I guess, safe picks 1917. But wouldn't it be special to see uh, Parasite win the first foreign film? Oh, I would love it. I think, if any of them, I think this is a really good, this has a really good shot. Because, I mean, I love Roma, and I talked about it at length. It's just a really great movie. But there there is a part of that part of me that understands why like that movie may not have won because it's not, it's not very plot driven. It's just kind of like going, like kind of going sifting back and forth through all these, like just moments in life. And it's, it's very delicate and quiet. And I mean, I might, I might not agree with people who say that's not good, but I can understand like why that might not win if that makes sense. Uh, but parasites, this really propulsive, thrilling thing that keeps moving, and there's so many, there's a thrill in it, and all this crazy stuff and reveals and all and everything. So it really, even though it's and Bong talked a lot about, oh, just getting over that one inch barrier of sub subtitles. Like there's a lot of people who could just like watch it. Like I could see like like maybe like my brother or my dad who don't watch like a ton of movies or someone else like that that I know, and they could be like, oh, this movie's great, and because I feel like there's a lot that translates. So. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Cause I feel like, like you're right with like the preferential balloting. I feel like that's like a weird wrench in this whole thing where I don't really see anyone hating parasite, you know, like, I feel like that could be like, even if it's not first on a lot of ballots, I could definitely see it being second or third on like a vast majority of them. So maybe like, there's like a little bit of weirdness happens and there's some people that didn't really like 1917 and then parasite sneaks in there. Um, I definitely, as as much as I feel like it's 1917's race to lose here, I definitely think that's a possibility, and it would be really cool to see. For sure, I think that kind of one of the sad things that we might have to even think about is: Do you think that there is this old guard in in the academy that doesn't want to see a foreign film win Best Picture? Oh, and I, I think absolutely, and I think we kind of saw that last year as well, where Roma was kind of going up against being a international film but also being netflix and it seemed like people were just kind of voting for green book in spite of that because they were like meh like against like the changing of like the theatrical experience and things like that which just seems really petty and i don't i feel like the the preferential like voting system it feels like we're it feels like it's lined up for something like 1917 to win where it's like it's not a movie that people necessarily love but everyone's kind of like yeah it's pretty good like it's I can't imagine 1917, even though it might be lower on some lists. I can't imagine it being ninth on a lot of them. You know, like I could no, see yeah. Joker. I could see Joker being ninth on a ton because I feel like that makes sense because a lot of people just had a negative reaction to that movie, me included. Uh, and then you have like Ford v Ferrari, where people are like, like, what is this? This is just a car movie. So that's like low too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of a weird thing that I don't think a lot of even the voters don't quite understand what's happening with the preferential ballot. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if like a simple majority cha- like fixes everything, but it's yeah, it's 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 a weird little system. No, yeah, I think maybe even like a top top tier. Maybe even if you just do a top tier of of picks instead of ranking all nine, um, maybe that would change things a little bit. But I think Parasite is definitely. It, it it definitely has more. I think it has more going for it in Roma, just in the regard that, as you said, it is a film that 
that does cross kind of the language barrier because it, it, it's it's a very accessible film, just the way it all plays out. Um, I think that anyone can really watch it and and take something away from it. It is an enjoyable time. Um, but but yeah, I, I definitely think that 1917 might benefit from this preferential ballot system. I definitely think you're right. It's a film that maybe not everyone loves, but everyone's happy with it. They're fine with it. And it's kind of mid to upper tier on most people's lists. But I'd love to see a surprise Oscar night. Yeah, I think for a lot of the people where it's not like they're because there's a, there's going to be a ton of uh, voters who are like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. I love this this movie. Wa- like I just let this movie wash over me, and it was an incredible sensory experience. But I think for everyone else, everyone like yeah, like you said, it'll probably be around four or five on a lot of lists. Is, is my guess. People will be like, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I feel like it'll be like Jojo Rabbit and definitely Joker and Ford v Ferrari are probably ones that people have a little lower because they'll have either a, a, an incredibly um, ambivalent or just like an angry reaction to them. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna exist, you know, like people are just like, yeah, it's fine. Sure. 1917. And it just kind of feels like it's just, it's just not fun to me. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know how to fix this. I'm just a guy with a microphone complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But where, yeah, um, where does little women kind of fall into the mix here? Uh, I don't, does, what do you think? I mean, I don't think I, if you're asking if I, I don't think this has a chance to win at all is Mike is what I think. Um, I would love if it won. I think it's delightful. It's one of my favorite movies in this list. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't really see anything for little woman. It's kind of a bummer. It is really sad because I see little woman, a marriage story and Irishman. Just, I love all of those movies. I don't see much going to them the entire night. It's, it's kind of sad. No, for sure. Um, so we're kind of going to wrap it up here, but I do want to get a d- quick definitive pick out of the both of us. I'm going to go safe, not uh, 1917. I'm just going to throw it on there. I think Parasite's definitely the uh, definitely the second choice, but and I do I, I will stick to it that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is kind of creeping around there, but I'll just go 1917 for the time being. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think 1917 is the pick. Uh, Parasite's the lurking. I think it's. I feel like I would love if the if the Oscars released the voting. Like how, like what vote, what got what percentage? And I think that would be really interesting, and I feel like Parasite would be a really close second. Um, but yeah, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's there. I agree. But yeah, I'd love. I'd, I definitely would love to see the uh, the results get released. Um, I, I I would even because I feel like maybe one of the reasons is they don't want to um, kind of make anyone feel. I know it, it, they're professionals, but I, I get maybe they don't want anyone to feel kind of put down in a way. But I think even releasing like the top three, I think that'd be kind of cool. I think it would be. I, I, there's something there where I think because like the Oscars has kind of been in this ratings crisis for forever because everything keeps dropping and they they flirted with the most popular film Oscar and things like that. But I, I feel like, yeah, like releasing those voting numbers would be so interesting. And I feel like. Like even more than like what like what awards were given out, people would like chew over like those percentages for days after and ask about like what all those things mean. I think there's so many interesting things to take from like I don't know like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood finishing like weirdly like sixth or something like that. Like I think there's a lot there. It would be it would be like kind of it would definitely inject like that bit of life that the Oscars are looking for. For sure, I think that would be. That, that'd be a really welcomed uh, change. Now, one quick takeaway before we do actually just quickly wrap up. I want to throw this uh, stat at you. Um, so we're seeing a complete sweep all season in the four acting categories. I don't know if you saw this um, uh, record anywhere, but 
prior to this year, so we're talking about Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, um, SAG, and then uh, BAFTA. Um, prior to this year, the last time that there was a clean sweep was 2017. Um, do you know when before that there was a clean sweep? Um, I don't know. 1962. Never. Oh, shit. Never. <laughs> Never. It's a Damn. weird, weird, weird year. I mean, we're seeing it now twice within the last three years a clean sweep in the acting categories and that's literally the only two times in history which is it, it's weird it's boring though it's it's definitely boring and i'm definitely feeling it but i i like that all these uh all the tech categories and it, at least some of the um other categories especially even with the screenplays we were discussing i'm glad they're up in the air yeah well, if if you had to pick which one of the acting categories is most up in the air to you I think that we're probably going to see a, a really solid um, – I think we're going to see Joaquin take it for sure. I don't think there's a question about it. Brad Pitt is probably the safest. I think that they want to give Brad Pitt his first acting Oscar. Still weird that he hasn't won one um, considering just his iconic status. Uh, I think Laura Dern's safe. I think Renee Zellweger's the one where you could see an upset. I don't know who would, who would actually win, um, but I think that's the category. I agree. I think, and I think if it, it's anybody, I think it's Scott Johansson is my guess. But I don't know. Yeah, I Who just knows? don't know if they want to. I, I, like, I can't see Cynthia Erivo winning. I don't think Harriet's a big enough film. Um, I, I, don't, but I don't particularly see Ronan winning either. Um, I think Scarlett could definitely win. I don't think they want to give Megyn Kelly. Uh, I know it's not giving Megyn Kelly a win, but I don't think they want <laughs> that. I don't think they want right. that connection. I know, you know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I think Scarlett Johansson would be the one to actually pull off that upset. And also considering you're seeing, you're seeing her in two categories, I think that really uh, speaks to just how, how uh, powerful she was this past year in, in, within the industry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think any of us saw Olivia Coleman w- winning, so who knows? I think it's, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like none of these – like upsets, I don't. I would never bet on any of them because I don't feel good about them. But I know one's gonna happen throughout the night. So it's like it's like which one is it gonna be? And I don't want to be that dumbass that picks the wrong one. I don't know. It's it's definitely. so hard. <laughs> no, definitely for sure. Um, it's gonna be fun though. So this Sunday, the Oscars, the ninety third. I'm pretty sure ninety second. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but it's up there. It's getting up there. Um, but I want to thank you very much for coming on. It was a great episode. Really fun to go through all those categories. Um, Uh, But yeah, so we'll see you Oscars night. Nick, have a good one. Thanks, Brent. Pleasure as always.